Good morning, Monday, December the 28th, only three days left, it's 9.36am in the morning. Here's a quote from a poster based in Australia. Quote, an empath craves love, respect, and compassionship. A narcissist craves admiration, attention, and control. Let's find a few more. Excuse me. <coughs> Mary McLeod Bethune said, Faith, without it, nothing is possible. With it, nothing is Im- impossible. Music is an outburst of the soul. U.S. President Jimmy Carter, quote, What are the things that you can't see that are important? I would say justice, truth, Humility, justice, truth, humility, service, justice, truth, humility, service, companion, compassion, justice, truth, humility, service, compassion, and love. I would say justice, truth, humility, service, compassion, love. You can't see any of those, but they are the guiding lights of a life. 
President Jimmy Carter. Still building homes for the unhoused. The eyes of Jehovah are toward the righteous ones and his ears are toward their cry for help. Psalm 34 and 15 Christmas Eve 1854, Harriet Tubman returned to Maryland to free her brothers, Ben and Henry. Her coded message, quote, tell my brothers to be always watching unto prayer and when the good old ship of Zion comes along to be ready to step on board, close quote, traveling over 100 miles, they arrived at William Steele's anti-slavery office in Philadelphia on December 29th, 1854. If you have not seen the movie Harriet, you will enjoy it. With Cynthia Ervo, the actress, in the UK, Cynthia Ervo. In a minute, we'll be reading some more. mindfulness and compassion scriptures and quotes anyone can find the dirt in someone but the one who finds be the one who finds the gold Quote, anyone can find the dirt in someone, be the one who finds the gold. That brings us to... 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the Bible, the love chapter. 
the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can phantom, phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. But 
Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. After threatening to derail the bipartisan package last week and narrowly averting a government shutdown. Millions, though, were plunged into uncertainty over the Christmas holiday as Trump held up the signing of the bill, allowing unemployment programs to lapse, which will lead to delays in benefits or loss of benefits for out-of-work Americans. The relief package includes direct payments of $600 per person, expanded unemployment benefits, and aid for small businesses. Trump released a statement upon signing the bill, reiterating his demand for $2,000 checks and said he was sending back a redlined version of the bill to cut wasteful items. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said there'll be a full House vote today on increasing direct payments after Republicans blocked the move to pass the proposal by unanimous consent Thursday. In a statement, Trump also said the Senate was to investigate voter fraud in the November election, though Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell did not mention this in his own statement about the legislation Trump signed. Trump has been calling for protests in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, despite the worsening pandemic, when Congress meets to validate the election. Trump's also calling on lawmakers to review Section 230, a provision in the National Defense Authorization Act, which offers liability protection to social media companies. Trump vetoed that bill last week. Lawmakers are expected to vote on overriding his veto this week. This all comes as COVID-19 continues to ravage the United States with cases now topping 19.1 million and over 333,000 deaths. One in every 1,000 Americans has now died from the coronavirus. December, the deadliest month in the United States since the start of the pandemic, as experts warn things will likely get worse and post-holiday season travel will lead to new spikes. California became the first state to top 2 million COVID cases last week, as hospitals in Southern California are reporting just a handful to no intensive care unit beds available. In Indiana, the death of a black doctor from COVID-19 is shining stark new light on racism in medical care. Dr. Susan Moore posted a now viral video on Facebook earlier this month describing racist treatment by medical staff who did not respond to her pleas for care despite being in intense pain and being a doctor herself. You have to show proof that you have something wrong with you. In order for you to get the medicine, I put forward and I maintain if I was white, I wouldn't have to go through that. This is how black people get killed when you send them home and they don't know how to fight for themselves. Dr. Moore died last Sunday, just over two weeks after she posted the video. In New York, officials are investigating ParCare Community Health Network, a healthcare provider which may have fraudulently obtained doses of the COVID-19 vaccine and administered it to non-prioritized groups. 
As coronavirus vaccination efforts continue across the country, federal officials and the head of the White House's Operation Warp Speed acknowledge the goal of vaccinating 20 million people by year's end will not be possible. Nearly 2 million people in the U.S. have gotten their first dose of the vaccine. In international news, the European Union has begun a coordinated rollout of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine after it was approved last week. In Latin America, which has been suffering a devastating second wave of the virus, Mexico, Chile, and Costa Rica have begun their mass vaccination programs. Canada, Japan, and South Korea are some of the latest countries to detect cases of the highly infectious new COVID variant, which was originally identified in Britain. Japan announced it's temporarily banning non-resident foreigners from entering Japan. Meanwhile, officials in Nigeria say they're investigating a new variant of coronavirus days after South African officials blamed a surge in COVID-19 cases on another variant, which they claim is more contagious. South Africa just passed one million cases, and health workers say they're quickly becoming overwhelmed. Yeah, we're dealing with the COVID, nothing else now. We no longer any sickness that we know it's COVID all the time. You know that you are at the risk with the patient all the time. In China, citizen journalist Zhang Zhan was given a four-year jail sentence for her social media reporting from Wuhan as the virus took hold at the start of the year. Last week, the first COVID cases were recorded in Antarctica at a Chilean research base. Britain and the European Union have reached a Brexit trade agreement after months of contentious negotiations and with just days left before the current transition period ends on December 31st. The key points of the deal include no tariffs and no quotas on traded goods, the end of free movement for UK citizens within the European Union, and no hard border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Both sides express relief after the deal was reached. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen told reporters, quote, Europe is now moving on. In Ethiopia, the death toll from a mass shooting attack in the west of the country last Wednesday has surpassed 220 people, according to humanitarian workers. The Ethiopian military killed dozens of suspects the day after the attack. The region has been plagued by increasing ethnic violence, which has caused tens of thousands to flee amid recent fighting. This comes as Ethiopia's military is still locked in a battle with Tigray forces in the north of the country in a conflict which has displaced hundreds of thousands of people. In Bosnia, refugee rights groups are warning of a humanitarian crisis after a massive fire tore through an encampment for hundreds of asylum seekers, forcing them to shelter in tents despite the winter cold. The camp near Bosnia's border with Croatia is home to nearly a thousand people hoping to cross into Western Europe to seek asylum. Aid groups say many of the refugees are already suffering from frostbite and hypothermia. This is Sajid Ali, a refugee from Afghanistan. Uh, there isn't any heater inside the tent. Uh, it's really dangerous to leave here. We got uh, snowed yesterday, and uh, the, the tent might fall down. We got, you can see that uh, uh, the, all the snow ha has gathered uh, on the top of the tent, so that might fall down. And uh, there are more than 500 immigrants are living inside the tent. If they died, so who will be responsible? 
least 20 asylum seekers from countries in sub-Saharan Africa drown after their boat capsized off Tunisia's coast Thursday. Over 620 migrants have died while crossing the Mediterranean Sea this year, according to the International Organization for Migration. Over 3,000 migratory deaths were recorded around the world throughout 2020, though the actual number is expected to be far higher. In Niger, election officials are counting ballots after Sunday's presidential and parliamentary elections, which could lead to Niger's first-ever transfer of power between two democratically elected governments. Former Interior Minister Mohamed Bazoumi hopes to avoid a runoff by winning an outright majority against 29 other candidates. In the Central African Republic, three United Nations peacekeepers were killed in two separate attacks Sunday, just as presidential and parliamentary elections got underway. The attacks came hours after a coalition of Nigerian rebels called off a ceasefire with the government demanding a halt to voting. In the capital, Bangui, hundreds of women marched ahead of Sunday's election, calling for an end to political violence in the Central African Republic. Women are tired of war. We don't want war anymore. So this march is to support the UN's peacekeeping force so it can fulfill its mandate, which is to protect the population. Because we no longer want war. We are tired. One of Afghanistan's top election monitors has been assassinated. On Wednesday, gunmen opened fire on Yusuf Rashid as he was driving to his office at the Free and Fair Election Forum of Afghanistan in the capital, Kabul. The U.S. State Department condemned Rashid's killing as a barbaric and senseless assassination. His death comes ahead of another round of peace talks between the Taliban and the Afghan government are scheduled to be held in Qatar next month. In Saudi Arabia, authorities have just sentenced prominent women's rights activist Lujain al-Hathul to five years and eight months in prison on charges of agitating for change, pursuing a foreign agenda, and using the Internet to harm public order. Al-Hathul was arrested in 2018 after leading a movement to lift Saudi Arabia's ban on female drivers and overhaul its male guardianship system. Her family says she's been held in solitary confinement and was subjected to abuse, including electric shock, flogging, and threats of sexual violence. Al-Hathul's sister says authorities may suspend part of her sentence, making her eligible for release in two months. She's also banned from traveling for five years. Years. The Trump administration's formally notified Congress that it intends to authorize the sale of nearly a half billion dollars worth of laser-guided bombs to Saudi Arabia. Critics say the weapons could be used on civilians in Yemen. In 2019, President Trump vetoed bipartisan legislation that would have blocked arms sales to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. President Trump has pardoned more former members of his inner circle. Just ahead of Christmas, Trump pardoned his disgraced former campaign chair, Paul Manafort. Last year, a federal judge ruled Manafort violated terms of a plea agreement by intentionally lying to special counsel Robert Mueller's office after he was convicted on charges of bank fraud and tax evasion. Trump also pardoned his longtime friend and advisor, Roger Stone, who was convicted on seven criminal counts, including 
including lying to Congress and witness tampering. And Trump pardoned Charles Kushner, the father of Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor, Jared Kushner. Charles Kushner was convicted in 2005 on charges of tax fraud, illegal campaign contributions, and witness tampering. So far, 60 of Trump's 65 pardons have gone to people he personally knows or who aided him politically. In Tennessee, authorities say a 63-year-old white man whose body was found at the scene of a Christmas morning explosion in downtown Nashville was responsible for the blast. Anthony Quinn Warner was a self-employed computer worker before the blast. An RV with a recorded message warned area residents to evacuate. If you can hear this message, evacuate now, a woman's voice repeats from the RV. Authorities say Warner's DNA was found among the wreckage. No motive has been identified and no other fatalities were reported. Three people were injured. The blast damaged dozens of structures and caused at least one building to collapse. The bomb went off outside an AT&T transmission building, disrupting services, including some 911 calls. In Columbus, Ohio, protesters are calling for justice over the police killing last week of Andre Hill, a 47-year-old black man. Hill was fatally shot by an officer just seconds into their encounter. Body cam footage shows Hill was walking toward Officer Adam Coy with a cell phone in his hand before Coy shoots him. Columbus Director of Public Safety is deciding today whether to heed the recommendation of the city's mayor and police chief to terminate Officer Coy. This is Alvin Williamson, the brother of Andre Hill, speaking at a community vigil Saturday. You used my brother as a target practice. You didn't even give him a chance to peacefully present himself to even ask the question of what was going on. You didn't even give him a chance of life as far as that minute that you opened fire in a reckless nature. Illinois, three people were killed and three others wounded Saturday after an active duty special forces soldier opened fire at a bowling alley in the city of Rockford. 37-year-old U.S. Army Sergeant Duke Webb was arrested and charged with murder and attempted murder. Police believe Webb had no ties to the victims. They're describing the shootings as a completely random act. Nearly 42,000 people across the U.S. have been killed in gun violence in 2020, a record death toll. And a judge has delayed the execution of Lisa Montgomery, the only woman on federal death row. Montgomery suffers from mental illness caused by a life of abuse and her lawyers are asking for clemency. She was convicted for the gruesome 2004 murder of a pregnant woman. Her execution this month was delayed after her lawyers got COVID-19. A DC district judge ruled Thursday the Justice Department cannot move ahead with a January 12th execution because the stay order will still be in place. Advocates hope Montgomery's life will be spared by Joe Biden. 
who's vowed to abolish the federal death penalty. To see the story of Lisa Montgomery, you can go to democracynow.org. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the quarantine report. When we come back, we'll look at how President Trump unexpectedly signed a $900 billion COVID relief package after calling it a disgrace. We'll get response from Congressman Ro Khanna, one of the Democrats who are taking up his call to expand direct stimulus payments from $600 to $2,000, but Khanna called for it before Trump did. And we'll go to Georgia to talk with a woman inside the Irwin Detention Center and a woman who's been deported to Jamaica. Both underwent non-consensual surgery by a doctor they were sent to by the immigration jail. Stay with us. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the quarantine report. I'm Amy Goodman. President Trump unexpectedly signed a $2.3 trillion spending package Sunday that includes a $900 billion COVID-19 relief package. The bill includes direct payments of $600 for most adults, expanded unemployment benefits, aid for small businesses, money for vaccine distribution, and a temporary extension of a federal eviction ban. Millions were plunged into uncertainty over the holidays as Trump held up the signing of the bill while he vacationed and golfed in Florida. This allowed two unemployment programs to lapse Saturday night. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar tweeted Sunday night, never forget his tantrums have real life consequences for millions of Americans. Since unemployment insurance expired Saturday, this delay will almost certainly postpone state unemployment payouts I'm so glad his days of inflicting pain are coming to an end, she tweeted. Last week, Trump blasted the bipartisan bill, describing it as a disgrace, even though his own administration had helped negotiate the bill. Trump's demanding lawmakers amend the bill to give $2,000 in direct payments to most Americans, a proposal opposed by most Republicans but endorsed by Democrats. The Democratic-controlled House will vote on increasing payments to $2,000 today. Trump has also asked lawmakers to rescind parts of the bill, but the request is expected to be ignored. The COVID relief package is part of a broader spending package that needed to be signed in order to avert a government shutdown. The broader bill includes a number of provisions endorsed by Republicans, including new tax breaks and nearly a $1.4 billion for Trump's border wall. In other congressional news, the House is scheduled to vote today to override Trump's veto of a $740 billion defense bill. We're joined now by Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna of California. Last night, he tweeted, I'm glad we're finally having a vote tomorrow on a $2,000 stimulus. The question remains why we didn't have this vote in March when Tim Ryan and I proposed this. This is a lesson. 
It should not require permission from Trump or Republicans to vote on and push for bold policies. Congressman Khanna, welcome back to Democracy Now! That seems to me to be a clear message to the Democrats. Can you just explain what's happened over this holiday weekend? Uh, Trump didn't play ball with Congress at the beginning, was, but was certainly out there playing ball, playing golf through the weekend as unemployment lapsed. And then out of the blue, without getting any concessions, he signed last night. Well, that's a fair summary. I mean, he was just playing politics here. He had no intention of actually pushing for $2,000. He never tried to get McConnell and the Republican senators on board. Uh, and Mnuchin, as you pointed out, never was uh, advocating for that uh, in the negotiation. So there's no doubt in my mind that Trump is to blame uh, for the delay, for the anxiety people had. Uh, and McConnell and the Republicans are to blame for not having $2,000. That said, uh, what I am saying is that Tim Ryan and I, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Many of us have been calling for $2,000 since March, April uh, of this year. And we should not wait to have Republican uh, support or Republican statements uh, before voting on that. We need to make sure that when we're advocating for working families, when we're advocating for progressive policy, uh, that we put that forward, have votes on that, and put pressure on the Republicans to do the right thing. So explain how this will work. Um, before he signed uh, this bill last night, uh, again, 24 hours earlier, unemployment wouldn't have lapsed for many people. Now millions, perhaps 12 million people are plunged into uncertainty. Uh, they might get it late. They might not get it for a week. Um, and we'll lose that forever. But um, <clears throat> before he did that, Nancy Pelosi called for a voting on the amendment to get it to 2,000 today. Now, without changes, Trump has uh, approved the legislation. What could possibly get this passed, not only in the House, but do you believe in the Senate? I, don't, I think it's an uphill battle to get it passed in the Senate. I mean, we're going to vote tonight uh, to uh, have $2,000 uh, checks, but... Uh, McConnell has already indicated he's opposed to that. Uh, Cornyn has indicated that he's opposed to that. Uh, so what it would take is either Trump not just tweeting out, but convincing Republican senators to support it, uh, or uh, next administration, hopefully Joe Biden, uh, making this a, a critical component of uh, what we're going to push for. But the obstacle has always been in the Senate. Uh and there was word that uh, John Ossoff in Georgia was demanding that David Perdue pull his ad saying that he had been part of passing this legislation because then Trump didn't sign off on it. Um, Trump is expected to go to Georgia to campaign for the runoff elections uh, next week, that that could have put pressure. Kevin McCarthy uh, in the House, your colleague there, reportedly had a conversation with Trump yesterday. Who knows what caused this change? But what Trump said in signing this to save face, because he got no changes but signed off on this bill, 
Uh, he said it's because uh, Congress had agreed to look into voter fraud, you know, the tremendous amount of voter fraud he alleges that took place that he has never proven, even when cases were brought to one after another Trump-appointed judges, uh, not to mention the Supreme Court. Um, what about this? And what about this legacy that Trump, uh, this issue that Trump keeps pushing right through January 6th when he's demanding, calling for thousands to come to Washington, D.C., to challenge uh, the final approval of the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? I mean, your analysis is absolutely correct. This had nothing to do with helping the American people. This was not a debate about whether we get $2,000 checks uh, to working families. This was Trump upset with McConnell because McConnell is not willing to have senators challenge the results of the election, and McConnell has already congratulated Joe Biden. So Trump says, well, look, I can blow up this deal, and I can actually cost you those Georgia races if I blow up this deal, because that's going to hurt Purdue and Loeffler in their races. And I think behind the scenes, you had McConnell and McCarthy telling Trump, don't do this. You're going to cost us those seats. And who knows what concessions they made? Who knows what Mitch McConnell has promised him on January 6th? Uh, it's a real concern. And all we can uh, hope and be vigilant about is that there is a transition and that you don't have shenanigans uh, with the Senate or the House of Representatives on January 6th. So at the same time you have this vote expected to take place, you said tonight that Nancy Pelosi is putting forward to increase the payments to 2000 If you can quickly say why the Democrats didn't demand this from the beginning, why it took Trump, um, it seemed that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Pelosi, um, Schumer or were his major enemies. But then he put Mitch McConnell at the top of the list because he dared to say the words president-elect Joe Biden. So ticked him off um, that he just put in uh, this demand at the end after Mnuchin negotiated the whole thing. But why didn't the, Repo the Democrats, your colleagues, insist on this from the beginning? I don't know. It's a good question. That's what I've been asking on uh, Twitter and making the point more broadly. I mean, there were many of us, not just progressives, uh, uh, people who are highly respected in the party, Senator Kamala Harris, uh, Kim Ryan, many saying, let's get $2,000 in the pocket of ordinary Americans. Let's vote on it. We should have been saying this, voting on it, campaigning on this loudly and clearly since March partly because it may have been effective in actually getting Americans relief. And secondarily, it would have made it clear that one party is for getting money to working families and in putting money in the pockets of people, and the other party is blocking it. Instead, I think we were too uh, reluctant. Uh, we were not uh, sufficiently bold. We finally did pass a HEROES Act, but that had $1,200 checks. It did not have $2,000 checks. None of the checks were monthly. So what I think this shows is that our policies are popular. You see Donald Trump realizing that too late. Uh, we should be willing to have votes on it, to advocate for it, and realize that we're on the side of people. We don't have to wait for some kind of mythical bipartisan consensus uh, to advocate for good policy. And, of course, $1.5 billion for the southern border wall between U.S. and Mexico that Trump had insisted Mexico would pay for, uh, reportedly 
pushing scores of these projects forward um, uh, because he thinks possibly President Joe Biden will stop this wall. But what about that? That's part of this bill. That's part of what the Democrats and Republicans arrived at and by consensus. Well, that's wrong. And that's why some of us in the progressive party voted against the authorization for the Homeland Security and against the authorization for defense. We voted for the part of the bill uh, that would get $600 checks to people uh, and that would fund most of the other government. And the speaker split the bill because she knew that there were many progressives who could not in good conscience vote for more funding for the border wall, could not vote for this bloated defense budget. And that is something that we're going to have to try to reverse in the first year of the uh, Biden administration.